Hello, welcome to the Uniquely Healthy Podcast. I'm your host, Marianne Auger, or you can call me Marianne. I'm a weight-inclusive, anti-diet certified personal trainer, online coach, fitness instructor, and nutrition coach. I want to help you find your unique way of being healthy through self-care and by incorporating healthy habits. I hope this podcast episode helps you become uniquely healthy. So today I am joined with Sarah. She's a self-care advocate, a Graves disease thriver, and a wellness writer who runs MissHealthEsteem.com. She's passionate about empowering you to prioritize self-care and love yourself fiercely. So let's talk to Sarah. Hi, Sarah. How are you? Good. How are you doing? Good. So I'm really excited to talk to you today. Um, For people who don't know you, you're like one of my closest friends. Um, We met on Instagram like three years ago, I think. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. And I think like we... we connected on Instagram and then one day I saw your stories and you had some books one of my favorite series in the background. And then I sent you a message and I was like, um, did you read that series? Because it's amazing. And then we ended up talking and we found out that we actually live like only like two hours away from each other, which, which was such a great surprise. Uh-huh. I can't believe we talked for so long though, like in the same group, not realizing that. Like, I feel like it took maybe embarrassingly long to figure out that we lived close to each other. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But when we found out, we were like, Oh my god. <laughs> we yeah, we have to, to hang like tomorrow. Yeah, uh, like I'm driving over there right now. <laughs> yes, exactly. Please excuse me. I'll be there in 2 hours. Goodbye. Exactly. <laughs> what are the odds though in the world of in, like Instagram that we've found each other and that we live fairly close from one another, you know? Like astronomically low, I'm sure. I mean, I'm sure there's other stories like ours, but just wow you're the only one (laughs) that I've met that lives close to me and I've certainly talked to quite a few people so yeah that's a pretty awesome gift I'm really glad that that happened because you're one of my best friends now yay so much love (laughs) all of the love and we both like the cheese so we could go on with yeah we're cheesy as hell um oh shoot I shouldn't Oh yeah, you can swear you can swear on this (laughs) podcast (laughs) actually don't very often um on my uh on my website or anything um but for anyone listening it's because my dad reads it and watches Um, (laughs) and I might be 32 but I still you know I I don't want to disappoint my dad so (laughs) understandable (laughs) even though I swear in front of him in real life but he's he is very he does not like the swears (laughs) anyway (laughs) sorry dad (laughs) it's okay I'll speak for him. I'll just say it's okay. <laughs> That's good. All right. Are you ready to start this? Sure. Let's do it. Awesome. So why don't you tell us a little bit more about yourself and what you do? So uh, my name is Sarah Flanagan. Hello. Nice to meet you. Um, for anyone who hangs out with me on the internet, you might also know me as Ms. Health Esteem. Um, I'm a self-care advocate. I'm a Graves disease thriver. And I am also the owner um, and creative voice behind MsHealthEsteem.com, which is where together we analyze health and wellness through the lens of self-care. Um, I'm very passionate about inspiring you to develop a really loving and compassionate relationship with yourself and to start 
you know, focusing on adding self-care activities into your daily life that make the most sense for you, regardless of what's trendy or what everybody else is doing. That's pretty much me in a nutshell. I love it. Uh, I'm also a very big nerd. Um, so if you haven't been to my site and you pop on, just, uh, you know, be ready and uh, you're welcome. Or I'm sorry. I don't know. <laughs> Either way. Either way. It's for there's, a lot of, there's a lot of singing on there your in your stories. Um, a lot of informational posts as well, and you're you're amazing. And you um, allowed me to be a guest on your website a few times. Yes, Marianne has written so many good articles for me. Um, you know, if you adore her, I absolutely recommend checking out because you're a really good writer. Honestly, like <laughs> you, you know, you can hear you when you read it and it's always so powerful and informative and I'm always learning a lot from you. So I'm very grateful that you've taken the time to do that. Well, thanks for having me on your, on your blog. And most recent post, sorry, this is about why the quarantine fat phobia needs to stop. And I highly recommend reading that because it's still happening. So I agree. Go read that post. (laughs) Important. (laughs) We won't talk about it because that would be a whole other podcast in in and of itself, but yeah, Go read it. (laughs) Yeah, I think Sarah and I have grown a lot from one another. Like through the years, we have like, I don't like sometimes it just blows my mind how we just grew as people and by learning from one another and like sharing what we sure. And I, I just I love that. It's amazing to like, grow with someone and you know, learn from them. I feel like I think it's really special. Yeah, it really is. I mean, you know, growing and learning A is, is hopefully something you do for your entire life. But when you meet somebody who gives you the opportunity to do more of that, it's just such a beautiful thing. Absolutely. I'm constantly, I've already said this, but I'm constantly learning from you and I really appreciate it. I think it's wonderful. Me too. I love it. <laughs> Please excuse me. So let's get a little bit deeper in the questions. Um, how did you find out you had Graves' disease? And can you briefly explain what it is for those who don't know? Briefly. Oof. <laughs> well, you, you don't best. have to do it no, that no. briefly, you know. <laughs> um, I always feel like, side note, uh, before I get into it, there are so many symptoms associated with Graves' disease, both that I've experienced and that I haven't. And when I talk about it, I'm always like, afterwards, oh, shoot, I missed like 10 things. <laughs> but anyways, let's do this. Um, okay, so Graves' disease is an autoimmune disease. Um, for anyone who doesn't know what that is, Typically, your immune system's main function is to protect you from outside invaders. Um, But unfortunately, with autoimmunity, something happens that confuses your immune system and it starts to see one of your organs or multiple um, organs or tissues as an invader and treats it like it would a virus or something that came from the outside. So it starts to attack you um, with good intentions (laughs) because it thinks it's protecting you, but it's not... There are more than 80 known autoimmune diseases. They're all very different. Um, With Graves' disease, what happens is your immune system attacks your thyroid um, and causes autoimmune hyperthyroidism, which I'll get into a bit more in a second because it can also cause secondary diseases, one of which I have. Um, It can affect the muscles and tissues behind your eyes, and that's called Graves' ophthalmopathy, which probably took me three years to figure out how to say. Uh, (laughs) But the layman term for that is Graves' eye disease, and it can affect your skin and cause Graves' dermopathy, which presently, and hopefully never, um, I don't have. (laughs) So... 
when we hear about thyroid problems, I think a lot of us brush it off as something very simple. It's not uh, regardless of whether you're hyper or hypo. What a lot of people don't realize is that your thyroid essentially affects almost every single cell in your body. So the symptoms can affect everything. Um, personally for me, and I'm just speaking from my experiences, someone else with Graves' disease might have a very different experience. And I'm also probably going to miss some things. Um, I experienced mental health symptoms that included racing thoughts, anxiety, um, even panic attacks. I had insomnia. I was experiencing hot flashes and heat sensitivity. I remember calling my mother and being like, I understand now. <laughs> I'm really sorry about menopause. I'm also not looking forward to it, but I feel like it's happening to me in this moment. Um, I was taking cold showers in the middle of February. And for anyone who lives in a warm climate, it's really cold here in February. Um, <laughs> I had hand tremors. I, my digestion was so fast because hyperthyroidism, I didn't mention this and I'm sorry, but it speeds up pretty much everything in your body. So all of your functions are happening far quicker. Um, I was so hungry constantly and no matter how much I ate, I could not satisfy that feeling. And it was to the point of like nausea and dry heaving out of nowhere. Um, so you just, you can't keep up with it because your body's moving so quickly. Heart was racing at 120 beats per minute when I was just resting. Um, and I had painful muscle spasms in my legs that made it hard to walk far. <laughs> I couldn't make it around the block without a lot of pain. I'm sure there's so many other things that I could list, but essentially it, it affected my whole body. Um, with my eyes, you start to experience swelling of the muscles behind your eyes. And so it presses on your eyeballs, which can cause them to sort of protrude out a bit. It feels like you have like grittiness inside of your eyes and, and they're dry, even though you're like basically producing tears constantly. Um, and there's just a lot of pressure, if that makes sense. And I developed a goiter. So that's when you get a lot of swelling right here. If anyone ever notices swelling here, go to your doctor. That can be a sign of Graves' disease, Hashimoto's, um, sometimes thyroid cancer as well can produce goiters. Definitely swelling in the neck. Go get it checked. I should put that on a t-shirt. Uh, <laughs> and that can make it difficult to breathe because it will press on your windpipe. So I was like short of breath, like <sighs> all the time. Anyways, I'm talking in past tense, by the way, not because I don't still have Graves' disease because I do. And that's why I call myself a Graves disease thriver, because I both have an incurable illness and I am well, um, but I'm in remission. So right now, all of the major symptoms are under control. They've been under control for just a second. I have to do some math, like four and a half years. Um, so I haven't experienced anything that intense in quite a while, but relapse is always possible. There's about a 50-50% chance, and I do continue to go get checked regularly um, and experience some of the other side effects to autoimmunity and Graves' disease, which I can get into if you want to, and we don't have to. Does that help? Is that a nutshell enough? Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. And if you want to explain it, you can if you want. <laughs> um, so... Autoimmunity is typically incurable right now. Um, a lot of people, when I say that, well, I shouldn't say a lot of people, but I do get some angry messages and comments sometimes about how I'm taking hope away um, when I use those words, but I think speaking 
realistically and truthfully is very important because that allows you to actually move forward on the right path, with the right plan. And that can be very helpful as well. Um, so right now, there's no cure. Will there be a cure someday? I hope so. Maybe. I don't know. I'm not a scientist. You can ask them. Um, so I, it's something that you live with for the rest of your life. It's never going to go away. Um, I mean, best case scenario, I'm just always going to get blood tests. Personally, weirdly, every fall, I experience something called thyroiditis, which is mild inflammation of the gland. And in my blood, I, it, my levels go a little bit too high. They're like, hello, we exist. Reminder, you have a disease. Um, usually I don't feel anything, which is great. But it's, it's still like a weird time. And I find I get sick more often when that happens. Um, although I get sick more often than most people, period. Also a side effect of autoimmunity. <laughs> oh, you asked how I knew I found her, how I found out I had it, didn't you? Did you ask that? Um, yes. Okay. Yes. Sorry. That's okay. This is a rambly time. Um, so the weird thing about it is it's not really something that like just happens suddenly and you're like, oh, something's wrong. I should go to the doctor. It kind of creeps up on you. My doctor and I trace my symptoms back at least to the summer of 2010. I should mention I was diagnosed in April of 2012. Um, but I don't know. It could have been longer. So I started experiencing weight loss, didn't think anything of it because of cultural norms. I was just like, cool. I didn't even try. Um, side note, if you lose weight with no explanation, go to your doctor. That's a, that could be a sign of something. Just good to talk about. <laughs> about a year later, you know, I was experiencing more and more anxiety. I just thought, you know, I'm a university student. This is normal. I'm a young person, whatever. I wrote off things. And I think that's normal too, because your first thought isn't something's terribly wrong with me. Um, so, you know, I guess maybe everybody might experience it that way. But I started to get sick more often, and that's common with autoimmunity too, because you are immunocompromised and your body tends to react quite strongly to viruses. <laughs> so I was getting sick more often. It was taking me longer to recover. And that's when I started to go to doctors and be like, hey, why is this happening? Um, but usually same thing. They didn't immediately think something was wrong. And at the time I didn't have a family doctor that did not help me. But it, eventually when all of those things that I listed started to sort of cascade, um, I was thankfully lucky enough to get a family doctor. And when the muscle spasms in my legs started, that was around when I found her and she was very, very serious about figuring out what was wrong. It still took about six months from getting her to getting an answer but that would be when like we started running different tests and trying to figure out what was going on. I brushed off a lot of symptoms though. It's easy to sort of excuse them. Like my heart, I was just like, Oh, I guess I'm out of shape. Maybe that's why that's happening. Or, you know, I'm hungry all the time because maybe I'm not eating good enough for, you know what I mean? So it, it took even me a while to get to like, no, no, like something's really really not right and you should be pushing for a response as to what's going on with your body so that's yeah. pretty much eventually they ran the right blood test and they were like hey you have graves disease and the first thing i said was do i have to start digging <laughs> of course you did that's a totally you thing to say <laughs> you shouldn't name something that i'm just saying not right like it's wrong that's I don't true 
Like you wouldn't call something death disease. So the the doctor who found it was Dr. Graves, by the way, but I still think people should have been like, maybe use your first name. Uh. (laughs) Yeah, I I can totally see how being called Graves disease can be a little bit shocking when you first hear the name. (laughs) Okay, thank you. Thank you, Dr. Graves. I mean, thank you, but... mm. The Graves... Maybe call it Robert's disease. It would have been better. <clears throat> yeah, I wouldn't leave that like shocking feeling. Like, what do you mean, Graves? <laughs> oh God! Do I need to call Ma? <laughs> You're Get so the funny. Lawyer. I try. Well, I mean, especially after all that. Like, here's all the terrible things. We just laugh for a second. Yeah. <laughs> laugh a little bit. I'm fine, by the way, just in case anyone's listening and, like, thinking that poor girl, I'm okay. (laughs) All good. We're in a good place. We're awesome. We're good. (laughs) We're good. Everybody's fine. (laughs) So, you did make a post um, a couple weeks ago where you were talking about you having weight fluctuations um, because of your disease and you mentioned getting certain comments um can you elaborate on that and share your experience sure um i think graves disease really i don't know it gives you a very interesting perspective at least it gave me a very interesting perspective on um, our unfortunate cultural norms because um one of the common side effects is weight loss because of that sped up digestive system that I told you about. You, you'll experience a lot of loose stools, and I'm sorry, I know some people don't like to talk about that kind of thing, but it's a reality. Um, <laughs> and you're, you know, your body's moving stuff out so quickly that you just can't get enough nutrients. You can't keep up. There's no way to feed yourself fast enough that you're absorbing enough that you need. Um, so oftentimes a lot of people will experience weight loss. Um, I wasn't tracking it for my first flare-up, but when I had my first relapse. I relapsed twice, by the way. Um, My first relapse, in about like a two-week span, I lost 10 pounds. And so it's very noticeable. And I also feel horrible when that happens because of all the other things I've mentioned. But what happens when I lose weight because I'm sick is I get so many compliments. And it's just it's weird to have someone essentially be complimenting your illness, right? Mm -hmm. Like people are like, oh, you look so good. You lost weight. You look amazing. And it's like, great. I feel like I'm dying, but thank you. And also, does that mean I didn't look good before? Like, why am I suddenly so beautiful to you when I, you know, two weeks ago, you weren't saying these things. Um, And oh, when you respond to people with like, thanks, I'm really sick. uh, It gets awkward, but... (laughs) I recommend it if you're in that position because I think it reinforces like you shouldn't be complimenting weight loss. Um, On the other end of the spectrum, and I realize we didn't really talk much about Graves' disease treatment. So there's different treatment options, but typically initially when you are first diagnosed, the, the first plan of action is like we need to get your body hormonally where it should be so you can function and have a homeostasis. So you are medicated. That's often the first step. And antithyroid medication, because they're trying to halt a speeding immune system, it can make everything go in the reverse. So I was made medically hypothyroid until they could figure out a balance. They gave me quite a high dose because it was like, this is a speeding train. We need to stop the train. And then we can figure out how fast the train should go. And because of that, I gained weight. 
right? Because now everything in your body is slower and, oh, and also with Graves, you're, you're not allowed to exercise after you're diagnosed until your doctor clears you because of your heart and mm -hmm. the potential effects of causing it to speed up when it's already fast. Anyway, so, you know, it was a, it was a mix of things, medication and, you know, having to be more sedentary for the sake of my well-being. And so all of a sudden, you know, you go from a million compliments to how amazing you look, even though you're like, I'm really sick, um, to concern. And I mean, this came from like friends, this came from family members, not from doctors, <laughs> because they know what's going on with my body. And when you're being medicated, even though you're still ill, you are in a healthier position than you were when you weren't, right? Like, it's better to be medicated and on the mend than it is to be like, on a path that potentially could kill you. That is, if Graves' disease is untreated, by the way, for anyone who wants to treat things naturally, which I hear all the time, please don't. Um, because it can cause osteoporosis, it can cause cardiovascular issues, and it can potentially cause death, which I don't know about you, I'm not interested. Anyways, so it's like I, I lost those potential effects there. Now I'm being treated, but oh, we're concerned. Like that weight isn't good for your joints. That weight, you know, is not good for your health. You could develop diabetes, you could blah, blah, blah. Like you get all of those sorts of comments out of concern, which is very painful. Um, because you're in such a vulnerable state. And also you can't look at someone and decide if they're healthy or not. You can't just be like, oh, this person looks like this. They're unhealthy. This person looks like this. They're healthy. And I think talking about that experience is such a good example because you would have looked at me in my unhealthy estate and said, because of societal norms, she's healthy. And you would have looked at me in my medicated state, which is more healthy and said, she's not less valuable. I'm gonna tell her how concerned I am. And the sad part is, I have very few pictures of myself from that period in my life because I did feel awful. I felt ashamed and that like my body was less valuable and I wasn't as beautiful and all of that jazz just because of that barrage of comments, which is unfortunate. And we need to stop doing that to people because some people experience this in their everyday life for no reason. It's none of your business. Amen. <laughs> and, uh, thank you for coming to my TED talk. <laughs> <laughs> that that would be worthy of a, tech to a TED talk for sure. And I feel like uh, this is such a, a topic that's like I'm really passionate about, and I'm really sorry that. you went through that. And I'm sorry that some people, like you said, go through that um, just on a every, like on a daily basis because that's just how their body is. Mm -hmm. Um, and again, just, we shouldn't be commenting on anyone's weight because you do not know what they're going through. And just to briefly touch on this topic with my experience, my most, everyone would comment on my weight when I was at my most, um, disordered, you know, with my food, my body, my exercise, but those comments fueled my my uh disordered behaviors you know so yeah. it's just we we shouldn't be commenting on anyone's appearance at all because you no. don't know if they have an illness they have like some sort of mental illness or it's just how their body is and we have no say in you know whatever we're 
even if someone's in a bigger body or smaller body, whatever, or has a disability or anything like that, they are still worthy and it doesn't matter what they look like. That's like the least important thing about them and yes. about you, whoever's yes. listening. When I die, I don't think people at my funeral are going to be like, that girl had such a nice body. <laughs> like, no, what? No. I was, it's a little cringy. <laughs> that guy out. Like, he's gross. <laughs> Is he even part of the family? How'd he get in here? Um, <laughs> but, like, that's messed up. That's not how we care about people or remember them. So what are we doing? Um, I should note, too, to this day, and I have had a diagnosed Graves' disease for eight years, um, if someone says, like, oh, my God, it looks like you've lost weight. You look so good. My mind goes to, oh my God, how am I feeling? Have I noticeably lost weight? When's my next blood test? If it, like you start to think like, am I relapsing? Like, is that a sign? So it's not like, I don't think, oh, thank you. That's so nice of you. I, I start to freak out mm-hmm. because that's something that I have to look out for, for a relapse. So, you know, there's so many reasons why we should just, just don't. Now, if like, a family member who knows what illness I had came up to me and said, I've noticed maybe you've lost a little weight. I'm concerned you should talk to your doctor because of your mm-hmm. Graves' disease. Whole different thing. Throwing that out there in case any family members are listening. But like, just out of like complimentary or whatever, it's weird. Why are we doing this? Just don't do it. <laughs> just say no. <laughs> no means no. Don't comment on anyone's weight. <laughs> are, do you know that commercial? I'm sorry. But yes. do you know, just say no. Okay, I wasn't sure. We're like 10 year age difference. So sometimes I'm like, this is yeah. from my childhood. And you're like, I wasn't alive. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, I don't know what this is. No. <laughs> All right. Let's talk about the medical medium and oh, his celery juice. Um, what are your thoughts on the celery juice? <laughs> I think it's wonderful. No, I don't. Um, okay. Oof. Uh, people are going to quote you. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. And uh, people, some people do not like me for talking about this. For anyone who doesn't know, uh, the medical medium is an individual who, he wrote a book about my disease as well as Hashimoto's, which is my disease's hypoactive cousin and thyroid cancer. And essentially claimed that, like, the explanation for autoimmunity is wrong because the body would never attack you or turn against you. And according to him, the real cause is the Epstein-Barr virus, i.e. mono. And I should say, he's not getting this information as a scientist. He's not getting this information as a doctor. He is a medium that claims that he talks to a spirit who gives him medical advice um, on things that scientists don't understand. And regardless on your beliefs on mediums or anything like that, that's fine. Um, But those are not the people who should be giving medical advice to millions of people. And um, according to him, if I drank celery juice every morning and followed his nutritional advice, I would not end up in remission, which is what I am, and that's the best case scenario right now, as per the doctors, as per the scientists within the medical community, remission is the best thing potentially that some people can get and some people can't. Everyone's body is different and everyone's prognosis is different. But if you do what he says, essentially you could heal yourself. 
or reverse the disease. They don't like the word remission. I've gotten pounced on for that. And, um, you know, look, if you like celery juice and it makes you feel good, that's, that's awesome. It's, it's celery is fine and there's nutrients and it's hydrating and enjoy it. Um, but no singular food or singular diet can cure the incurable. And I think that's important. Um, and I mean, this is, this is a large problem. It's not just him. There's so much of this going on. We've got goop. Um, we've got Gerson therapy. I mean, it's just that people who are sick are vulnerable and vulnerability is marketable at the end of the day. And if you can offer something to heal or cure someone who's been told that they can't be cured, you can make money. Um, <clears throat> and that's really sad. So I've spoken up about him before. Um, I've called that quote that I told you about, um, about how the body would not attack itself autoimmune erasure because in my opinion, when you say autoimmunity, you know, doesn't happen because the body wouldn't attack yourself, you are in essence erasing autoimmunity because that's what autoimmunity is. So if you say something isn't what it is, then you're erasing it. It's like a math problem, right? You're canceling it out. Um, and I don't really care what you say after that because I'm going to trust my endocrinologist and my family doctor and the current medicine. And, and that's, that's part of how you get better. Um, I've said this before. I am a person with an incurable illness. I am also well. I have those two things, but I can't be well if I don't accept that I have an incurable illness because understanding my illness and accepting it for what it is allows me to figure out how to move forward and thrive with it. How do I find a homeostasis? What medical treatments do I need? What testing do I need to make sure that I continue to do? And you know, what can I do in my own life to help myself where I'm going through this? I've had to really focus on stress relief and like self-care and I've had to you know, make choices regarding my food and making sure that like there's a lot of nutritionally dense stuff on my plate just because my body is, you know, a bit in a, I don't want to say weaker, but uh, it needs more help than it did before. And so I am very dedicated to providing that help. Um, I've been very fortunate. But if I had said, oh, you know, my doctor's wrong <laughs> and didn't listen, it doesn't matter. The stuff I do for myself, it's only part of the equation. It doesn't matter if I don't do the other things too. And so when we have so many people out there spreading misinformation, sharing medical advice, regardless of whether their disclaimer says it's medical or not. And in this case, you've put the word medical in your title. So tomato, tomato. Um, we're doing people a disservice because we're really teaching them that you can't have an incurable illness and be well and that you need to remove that from the equation. And you can't, it's, it's in there. There is no, there is no future for me unless something drastic happens without Graves' disease. This is my life. It is what it is. And I'm very fortunate, I'm in remission, I've said that, best case scenario, but it's still my life. Can't remove it. So it's not about being sick forever. It's not about not trying. It's about understanding that there is a realistic balance that you need to achieve. And you can achieve that. And anybody who tells you that you can't, they're marketing to you. They're trying to get your moolah, and it's unfortunate. Now, is there potentially a placebo effect aspect? And, and could you feel better because you're 
you know, doing that lifestyle part potentially too. Sure. But the placebo effect, even in some studies, it might cause changes in how you feel, but physiologically it doesn't always make changes, right? Like we see situations where it's like the person feels better, but physiologically those symptoms are still happening. So someone needs to deal with that physiological aspect. That's important. Take care of yourself. Um, I feel like I'm rambling. <laughs> but it's just something I'm very passionate about. And I really think that it, it does a disservice to people, not just the medical medium. I'm just, you know, he's marketing to people like me. So I guess I'm a little bit more like, ah. um, but all of it, it's, it's truly, truly unfortunate. We're robbing people of the opportunity to understand, move forward with knowledge and find their own realistic balance. And everyone deserves that. Period. I agree. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm sorry for the potential hate comments you might get. <laughs> uh, I feel like we're both kind of used to it at this point. So <laughs> well, it just, ugh. anyways, it's, you know, people are welcome to not like me or have a different opinion. Um, but I do expect respectful conversation mm -hmm. out there. And, uh, when it comes to spreading misinformation and particularly if you're not just talking to me, but you're like responding to other people's comments, if there's someone who's ill and they're sharing their story and someone else is saying, you know, your path following medical advice is wrong, I will not stand for that because that person is vulnerable and they've opened up and I don't think it's fair to allow them to be kind of pulled potentially in the wrong direction and hurt. Yeah, I myself was hurt by this. <laughs> like, honestly, I didn't want to accept. It's not like someone's like, hey, you have an incurable illness. And you're like, cool, what are you having for lunch? You know what I mean? Yeah. It, it doesn't work that way. Um, it took me years. But when I was first diagnosed, I was so against that idea. It was just like, I'm 23, or I was 24, sorry, by the time I was diagnosed. And Oh my God. Sorry. I had a moment where I was like, how old am I? <laughs> I don't know anymore. Anyways, but you know, you're like, I'm young. I'm supposed to be invincible. And now all of a sudden there's something wrong with me forever. No, that's not true. Um, so I did everything, you know, all the quote unquote right things. Yeah. Just to that get wellness gurus tell you to do now. Did I also do the medical stuff? Of course, because I don't want to die. Um, <laughs> but when I, when I hit remission for the first time, I was like, yeah, it's over. I won. I defeated it. And that's natural too. Like we, we want to, you know, like when you have a flu, you want to beat it. Like I got to win. I'm going to beat this flu. So it's kind of like that same mindset. Um, but I relapsed about a year later and I will say the mental blow was the most painful thing because when we tell people that there's no such thing as incurable, and that if you do XYZ, and an XYZ always changes, but if you do XYZ, you will get better. What we're saying is like your disease is your fault and your responsibility. <clears throat> and I know maybe that language is jarring for some people, but essentially here's what's happening. So I'll use me as an example because it's the best example I have, <laughs> right? I ate right. I did all the stress relief, healthy lifestyle stuff. I, you know, exercise for X amount every day and like check, 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 check. Everything that everybody said about a juicer, <laughs> like, right? And I still relapsed. So when you put yourself in that mindset and you relapse, it's not like, okay, 
I've relapsed because I have an incurable illness and let's just get this under control and move forward. It's what did I do wrong? Mm -hmm. Right? Okay. So obviously I'm not eating good enough. I'm not stress relieving good enough. I'm not exercising good enough. Like this is my fault. And that doesn't help people, right? It's not your fault. You just have an incurable illness and you've relapsed and that is hard and sucks and it would still be hard and it would still suck if that happened to me right now. I'm not claiming that I'm like, you know, perfectly at peace all the time with everything. Of course, it comes and goes. But if it happened now and I relapsed tomorrow, I wouldn't think this is my fault, right? Because I've developed that realistic balance and I just understand that it's hard, but it's part of my life and I would go to my doctor and say, what treatment should we do? And we would discuss my options and what I want versus what, you know, figuring out what the best balance is because there's different choices. Um, and yes, I would stress relief. And yes, I would, you know, do some nutritionally dense food, but I would also eat cookies because um, that's normal and that's balance in life. <laughs> but I wouldn't be like, you know, I stressed myself into this. I ate myself into this. It's, you've got to be kind and gentle with yourself. And, and these wellness gurus, regardless of what their intention is, they're taking that away. And so wrong. And this is my second TED Talk today. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, so uh, how are you? <laughs> <laughs> that was so great. And I, I can really see a parallel into you know, diet culture. And you know what, I, it does have, it, it does relate to diet culture because you're experiencing some of that, um, whether you have an illness or not, but it's just kind of like, you know, the diet culture society will tell you, you know, do this diet. And then if it doesn't work, but you, you've done everything, like you've done, you've followed all the rules, but then you still can stick to it. Well, then it's not the, the diet culture, world will make you think that it's your fault when in reality it was the diet's fault. So I really see that parallel between having uh, an illness and, you know, doing everything you can, like all the, the, the health um, lifestyle habits that everyone tells you to do, but then you still relapse and, mm -hmm. you know, you think it's your fault, but in reality, it's just part of the illness. And like stress does, I feel like someone's going to say this, Stress is associated with Graves' disease and I think other autoimmune diseases as well. So like a stressful event can potentially lead to a relapse, but stress is part of life, right? So like, you know, even if we've put ourselves in a stressful situation, like the, you can't respond with blame. You shouldn't, because stress is part of life. You can't always avoid it. You relapse. The question is not, what did I do? The question is, what do we do next, mm -hmm. right? And I feel like a lot of that wellness culture stuff is always like, what am I, what did I do? And what am I doing wrong? Not like, well, let's move forward realistically. Also, I mean, I feel like there's this obsession and within all of it, diet culture, everything with like perfection mm -hmm. in different regards. Like you, you need to be the perfect weight, whatever the F that is. Um, sorry, Deb. Uh, <laughs> although I did good. Um, you need to be the perfect weight. You need to eat the perfect diet. Also, whatever that is. And all of that jazz. And so me being openly incurable goes against that because that's not perfect. And I'm using air quotes because not everybody can see, I guess, this, obviously. Um, you're, you're still perfectly valuable and awesome if you have something incurable. But I feel like it's just this obsession with like being perfectly well and there's no such thing 
wellness looks different for everyone, even between you and I. Yeah. We don't have similar lifestyles because no. we're totally different people. Yes. <laughs> you know, and, and our lifestyle, and we've touched on this topic in, an, in a video that we've done together yes. um, on, on uh, the YouTube channel. You can look, look it up. Um, Marianne Auger on YouTube. <laughs> Bonjour. On you parle français aussi. Bye-bye. On parle français. Not in the video. So you can, no. if you speak English, you can, you know, you'll, it'll be in English. So you can yeah. find the video there. But um, I felt like it was kind of uh, important to touch on right now because, you know, our lifestyle and our self-care routine will be different from like as the years go and as mm -hmm. the months go, sometimes even the weeks go because we need different things at different periods of our life and even from day to day. And, oh my God, yes. you know, we have these strict rules, like I have to meditate, um, you know, every day and I have to journal every day and I have to work out like five times a week and I have to eat this amount of veggies and drink all my water. And, you know, that list just goes like on and on and it becomes so overwhelming. It's so stressful. I'm just listening to it. I'm like, oh, I, I, I feel tense right now. <laughs> Please don't make me. I mean, those are all beautiful things, but I just want like, there's nothing wrong with doing what feels right in the moment and changing your plans. My God, with lockdown and, and quarantine and just being immunocompromised during a pandemic, do you know what my self-care has been for a while? Animal Crossing. Okay. I love it. Like that's been, and I have, I'm in, not embarrassed but like I put a lot of time into it um but it that has helped me relax and like feel better and for a period of time I was not writing on my website um I wasn't posting on social media because I, I didn't have it in me I just I needed to rest and I needed to talk to animal villages on my island and that's what I did like and and I'm I'm now feeling you know, more into like, here I am talking to you. Um, but you know, if I, if I didn't allow myself to do that, even though some people would say, oh, you're being lazy or you're wasting your time. Well, it wasn't lazy or a waste of time for me because it helped me. Um, if I didn't allow myself that, I probably would have burnt myself out real quick, maybe relapsed, but we wouldn't play the blame game, throwing that out there. We would just say, how do we move forward? Okay. But you know, being gentle with yourself is important. And that's why I'm capable of having this talk today because I took the time I needed to develop, you know, a nice routine, feel less stressed and get my energy back. And that's I'm not awesome. mad about it. Hey, and also that game is really fun. It is. I haven't it's played so it for cute. in a while because I've been working, but um, oh. I, 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 my one of my favorite parts was playing with you when uh, we were both off, so that was fun. I have so many DIYs next time. But yes, it is fun, and that's been such a nice way to connect to people that I can't see. Um, I'm being really careful, and uh, you know, the only people I'm seeing right now is my family. So I've been playing that with friends to sort of like have a hangout and that's a lovely thing too. Anyways, you do you is really the point of this long ramble about Animal yeah. Crossing. <laughs> there's a lot of like pressure also about, uh, there's like a lot of guilt around rest. Yes. Which you know? like, no, stop it. I know. Rest is healing. Resting is healing. Yeah. Me. Rest is part of self-care. <laughs> yes. If you like, if you come home and you got to put on pajamas, 
and cozy pair of socks and grab a blanket and watch some Netflix while you eat cookies. And yes, I love cookies. I think this is the third time I brought them up. Um, that's self-care. It's fine. It doesn't have to be anything that feels productive because if, it, if it's helping you manage your stress, feel better, whatever, it is productive. That's productive. Exactly. exactly. And also, studies show that when you are well-rested, you actually come back more productive. So it's like productive squared. You've productive twice. And it's a win-win. Yeah. It's times two, okay? So just rest, people. <laughs> it's okay. You just give yourself permission. You deserve it. You don't always have to be, like, accomplishing something on a checklist. Yes, very And important. if you are motivated by that, if you're a checklist person, please add rest to the list. Yeah, exactly. I love it. Great advice. Speaking of advice, I was wondering, do you you have any advice for those who may have just gotten a Graves disease diagnosis or any other autoimmune um, diagnosis or any particular advice for those who are experienced autoimmune warriors? Um, ooh, I mean, I will say, um, I think some of it maybe works across the board, but obviously I'm coming from a Graves disease perspective. So if you have like lupus or something and this doesn't make any sense to you, um, I don't know your experiences and please talk to me about it. <laughs> um, so if you're diagnosed with Graves, I've already sort of talked about all those symptoms, but it really sort of feels like your body has been hijacked and, and you have no control. Um, and it's, it's a scary feeling. Um, and the treatment is not fast. I probably didn't start to feel, oh, I don't even know. It it takes like a year usually to like really even things out, but it does get better. Just throwing it out there and small wins matter. So I found it was more helpful for me to focus on the day to day. Like, what feels better today? And if it was, you know, I was able to sleep, that's a win, right? Um, Because if you you think about, like, okay, it's going to be 365 days or whatever, right? Like, I'm in this position for this long. That gets really overwhelming. You're already overwhelmed. So take it one day at a time. Honor baby steps. Celebrate them. They're amazing. That's a sign that things are getting better. And I promise you, they will eventually get better. It's just going to take time. Um, now is a really good time to be very, very gentle with yourself. Um, and I know it's hard. And if you're feeling angry at your body, um, because I did, right? Like when your body, when your immune system makes a mistake and starts to attack you, um, it's easy to be like mad, to feel angry. You, you've let me down. Uh, and that's normal. And if you need to feel that way, it's okay. But I hope when you're ready, eventually you'll start to see that your body didn't have ill intent, A. It's trying to protect you. It's just confused. Um, and B, you're kind of experiencing this together, right? And so I found that when I was ready, learning how to love my body, flaws and all, and autoimmunity is, you know, one of those flaws, helped me move forward with, you know, maybe a better mindset, um, acceptance is powerful (laughs) but that doesn't mean it's easy so take your time and don't be mad at yourself if it takes time that's okay um but you know you'll get there and and i hope that you just take this as a good opportunity to be very gentle 
um, and kind and just focused on whatever self-care you need. I don't care what I'm saying on the internet. I don't care what a random wellness guru is saying. Just whatever helps you feel good, that matters. That is valuable. Do it. Also, please don't stop medical care. Please. Just, <laughs> just don't. I'm just throwing that out there. I often see, and it breaks my heart, um, different people on Instagram, like fighting Graves' disease naturally or without medication. And I'm not on medication right now, although I am on um, supplements my endocrinologist prescribed. Um, but I would go on medication again in a heartbeat. There's no shame. There is 0% shame with being medicated. It's helping you stay alive. It's helping you get better. Like Beating something naturally isn't always a good thing. I don't know why we're so enamored with it. Your body's sick and your doctor is able to be part of the equation that helps value that and use it. <laughs> right? Anyways, that's my two cents. I think that's really important because it touches on a lot of things right now. There's a lot of pressure on people to not medicate for like various things like mental illness or diseases or like anything. And there's just this pressure to not medicate. And I just, I don't understand why, because if medication makes the person, well, one, be able to live yep, um, and live a life that is more comfortable and able to do things you know like like i have a family member who has depression and if she doesn't take her medications well you know does it really want to go out get out of bed no, and stuff like that you so, deserve to feel well ultimately exactly. Exactly. also i uh, this is sort of i guess a tangent line which surprise <laughs> i do them all the time i'm sorry but I actually stayed on medication for over a year longer than when I hit remission. So like I hit remission in 2016. I did not stop medication until 2017. I was on a very low dose. But there are studies that show that long-term use of antithyroid drugs with Graves' disease, and I'm not telling you what to do, talk to your doctor, throwing that out there. Um, But this was the advice of my endocrinologist, increases the length of remission potentially and like remission rates. So we talked, which is the power of having those conversations. I didn't want to do radiation or third surgery. I know we didn't get into that, but those are common options um, for the disease. And just because I didn't want to do that doesn't mean you shouldn't do that. If those are your choices, I'm not making recommendations, but this is what I wanted. Um, But yeah, so not only did medication help me get better and keep me alive, but being on it longer than, you know, when I had symptoms is potentially part of the reason why I've been in remission for four and a half years. Medication is powerful and it's important and to ignore its potential to help is is problematic. And it's just, it brings me back to my TED talk about the goop medium, blah. you know what I mean? There's nothing wrong with your medication if it's helping you. If you feel better, good. Keep talking to your doctor. And, you know, keep doing whatever stress relief and whatever, you know, nutritional balance feels good for you. And, you know, it's, it's a realistic balance and you need and deserve it. Absolutely. And talk to your medical professionals. <laughs> Please. <laughs> they know they Not will be, be able to talk to you. Advice. 
exactly. exactly. <laughs> yes, exactly. And everyone's prognosis is different, but you know, I keep going back to that, but it's the equation, right? Like medical care plus whatever self-care makes sense, plus whatever healthy balanced diet. And I mean, diet as in the, what you eat, not the restriction makes sense for you and makes you feel good. And that's different for everybody too. equals whatever your form of wellness looks like. And it's not going to look like mine. It's not going to look like Marianne's, but if it's working for you, awesome. I don't get to have a say in your equation, but your doctor should. Your doctor should. (laughs) Speak to your doctor. (laughs) That was a really good, like, recap of, like, how to, you know, take care of yourself and, you know, be self-compassionate and, you know, we're all my thoughts if you're dealing with this right now i'm sending so much love your way and you're not alone no and that's another thing about self-love too that i think is so important we think about it as like a solo activity um but self-love is also reaching out for help it's also getting support it's also going to the doctor um getting your blood tests like these are all things that we do for ourselves out of love so don't think about it as like this is a solo adventure and i need to like lock myself up and love myself. Um, <laughs> I mean, you can do that too, but you know, getting help is, that's a loving and compassionate thing to do for yourself in whatever form that that may take. So, you know, do, do that too. It's okay. It's not a solo activity. Perfect. That was so well said. And I am so, so, so happy that you um, accepted to be a guest on my podcast. It was amazing talking to you. I learned yes. a lot. And I, I'm hoping the people that are listening um, learn a lot too. I hope and, so. Um, how, how can they like reach out if they want to talk to you or see what you're all about and follow you on social media? So um, if you want to come to my website, it's mishealthesteam.com. That's M-S health esteem. Um, because I made it right before I got married. So I was like, well, I'm not miss for long and I'm not Mrs. So I'm guessing I'm Ms. Anyway, <laughs> throwing that out there. Um, and I'm Ms. Health Esteem on social media everywhere, Instagram, um, Twitter, Pinterest. So anywhere that uh, you may want to find me if I'm there, that's my username. Um, I also have a free self-care planner on my website that you can sign up for, um, as well as quite a few other free goodies. So we can keep up with each other and talk about self-care and nerd out together and, and you know, get excited about self-love and take care of ourselves. Um, so definitely sign up for that. It's, uh, it's just an opportunity to talk about self-care and for you to figure out what works for you. So ultimately, I always like to say, I'm going to tell you about self-care activities. I'm going to talk to you about how they might help your health. Take it or leave it. If it sounds good, give it a try. If you love it, keep going. If you hate it, throw it in the garbage. I'm not, I'm not, um, you know, emotionally attached to the self-care you do. What I really want is for you to do something that feels good for you. So whatever works, you put the puzzle pieces together and, and I just have fun putting puzzle pieces down for you, whether you take them or not. <laughs> Amazing. Well, thank you so much. And I will leave thank all you. the, um, the links to your social media stuff um, down in the show notes, or if you're watching on YouTube, they will be in the description box. And uh, thank you everyone for listening and I'll see you in a future podcast episode. Yay. Thank you. Health and love. Bye. Bye.